It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson experience here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And a welcome into anyone that's listening on Sports Map Radio as well. Nice little coming together of those over here at VSIN and Sports Map Radio, great affinity for so many great people over there at Sports Map Radio. So glad that this show is now on that network as well. And we've got a great hour coming up as in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Danielle Ovari. She does amazing work taking a look at the landscape of college sports, especially college basketball. We're going to be talking mainly about college basketball with her. She might have a player or two in the NFL. We shall see on that front as well. We're going to be talking more NFL more in 30 minutes. Jason Weingarten, one of our main contributors over here at VEASAN, going to be joining me, taking a look at that. I will see if he's got anything on the futures market as well. So we've got a great hour coming up for you, and we're going to be leading it off with a little bit of college basketball, and you got to lead it off as well by giving some credit where credit is due. The people behind the scenes here on the Great Peterson Experience do absolutely amazing work. It takes teamwork to be able to make the dream work, and I tell you right now, I am living the dream doing this wonderful show, and there are so many people that make it possible. Those of you guys listening on Sports Map Radio or just anywhere that you're able to hear audio, that could be the audio form of this as well via podcast because vsin.com slash podcast, you're able to hear every single hour that we do on vsin. That is also on the vsin Best Bets feed, which you're able to find Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 
list goes on and on. Sean is the man that posts up the podcast and the man that gets me set up on audio. Great audio engineer and tailor everything that you're seeing on Visa.com. For those of you guys that have the video feed, YouTube TV, what have you, that's our good friend Dakota. And we've got my man, Dan the Man Miller, who is producing the show tonight, does a great job there. I know that Jason Kahn, my normal producer, has done quite a bit of work to be able to help make this show possible as well. So all these folks, they do amazing work. And time for me to try to pay it off by tr trying to be able to find some winners. Came up a little bit short with the DK Nation pick in terms of the, oh, the under, I should say, in Miami versus Syracuse there. I, it didn't come up a little bit short. It came up too long, actually which is always a strange way of putting it. So we're going to be saying no to the totals and we're going to be saying yes to an underdog because we've got the number one team in all of college basketball, 635, 636, Houston on the road going up against Tulane, the green wave of Tulane, a 10-point underdog at home. Totals between 148 and 148 and I'm going to be taking a look at Tulane. That is going to be what I'm going to be doing my main write-up for. I'm going to be doing a nice deep dive here because I take a look at this Tulane team, who's, by the way, looking for their first win against any ranked team. Forget number one, any ranked team since 1999. And I don't know if they're going to be able to pull off this game outright, but getting 10 points here, it is very, very advantageous, in my opinion. I set this line at 6.5 personally. Houston, no doubt about it. This is a supreme defense. Number two in the country, in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, they've allowed just two teams to be able to break the 65-point plateau. But it feels like this is a Houston team that they don't want to be going up against too many up-tempo teams. They have faced off against one team that ranks in the top 20, or that ranks in the top 65 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. That was Alabama, and that was their lone loss of the season. Now they're going up against a two-lane team that they rank in the top 15 nationally. In terms of total possessions per game, it's a Tulane team that has broken 85 points in four out of their last five games. They do an absolutely amazing job of being able to put points up on the board, and a lot of this is because they do the little things. Something that I always look for in terms of underdogs. It goes all the way back to when I picked Oral Roberts over Ohio State in the NCAA tournament. Teams that do the little things well and they don't beat themselves. Tulane is exhibit A with this. It's a Tulane bunch that, in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis, number three in the country. They've got a backcourt of a pair of guys by the name of Jalen Cook and Jalen Forbes. They have been a cooking up 37.5 points per game. They generate four steals per contest. These two guys combined shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range as a whole Tulane. They shoot 34% from three. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but where they really shine at the free-throw line. As a whole, Tulane shoots 82.1% the free throw line. That is the second best mark in all of college basketball. And their main two scores, Cook and Forbes, they both shoot at least 89.5% at the free throw line. And they're going up against a Houston team that they do one thing poorly on defense. They put you on the free throw line. About 22.5% of opponents' points come at the free throw line out of your 363 D1 teams. That is in the top 30 in terms of highest percentages in the country. So I do think that even though it's a two-lane team that is going to be outgunned down low, they do have a guy, Kevin Cross, who's able to give you six half rebounds per game, chips in their double figures, and he and Zion James do a good job of dishing out the ball. They combine for about seven and a half assists per game. you got a Houston team that they're going to do a good job themselves of taking care of the ball because they've got Jamal Shedd, 
being able to give you right around five assists per game. He's been very good in terms of just being able to find guys open. Marcus Sasser, your main double-figure scorer. He's out shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. Jarris Walker is able to chip in there six boards. He's able to pop some threes. But I do think that even though it is a two-lane team that's going to be outgunned a bit down low, they're going to be able to hold it in this game because they're going to do the little things right. They aren't going to beat themselves with turnovers. They're going to be able to hit their free throws, and they're going to get to the free throw line. That is why the DK Nation write-up, it is Tulane taking the points. And when it comes to Soto, I do think that Houston is going to be able to do a solid job with their defense. I think that they're going to be able to slow this game down just a little bit. And we have seen Tulane against teams that they like to play a little bit more grimy. They're a bit more defense-oriented, like Central Florida, that they're still able to get the job done. As a matter of fact, they just recently played Central Florida, one of the top 30 teams in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis in the country, won that game 77-69. to I think we could see something relatively similar here. I did set my total at a 144.5, so diving under. Maybe you sent a 6.5-point favorite, so getting 10. That is my write-up. Tulane getting those points. And speaking of teams that are going to be getting a couple too many points, how about if we take a look at 655, 656 on the betting board? It is Georgia, and they're going to be on the road facing off against Kentucky. Kentucky opened up a 10-point favorite. Where I sit at Circa, this is up to 11 now. I'm mostly seeing 10 to 10.5 out there in the market, but I'm seeing an 11 pop up. Total on this game between 135.5 and 136, and the disrespect for Georgia just continues. This is not the same Georgia team that was coached by Tom Crean. Tom Crean rode the coattails of Dwayne Wade for 20 years. You want absolutely no part of him as a coach. Mike White, becoming more and more apparent. He's a solid coach that just wasn't a fit over there in Gainesville. And quite honestly, it's looking like Gainesville is a little bit of a tougher job than it was let on. I mean, just the job that Billy Donovan did there in general. It deserves a big giant round of applause. And we have seen him have a lot of success since deciding to go into the NBA. But I take a look at what Mike White has done with Georgia. And it's not a Georgia team that is going to do anything exceptional. It's not a Georgia team that has that one guy that's going to go off for like 25 plus points on any given night, which makes it all the more incredible that when they had Anthony Edwards, they weren't able to win. I wonder why. Look at the coach. But that said, you take a look at this Georgia team, and what you've got is a pair of guys in the backcourt. It's Gary Terry Roberts and Kerry Oquendo. Goodbye an average right around 28 points per game. Neither of these guys are tremendous three-point shooters. Oquendo shooting about 36% from three-point range. Roberts more around 31.5% from distance with Roberts being your main facilitator, a little bit over four assists, 1.8 turnovers per game, and actually boss Kyron Lindsay, who was their top rebounder at the time to the transfer portal. So they've only got really one guy that gives you north of five rebounds per game. And the one fear that you do have in this game is that Oscar Sheboy just completely takes it over for Kentucky. He's having another whale of a season, 16 points, 13 rebounds per game. And without Xavier Wheeler in that game against Tennessee, they honestly looked better on offense and a little bit more on defense as well. So it's a Kentucky team that they've lost 71 points or fewer and far their last five games. They haven't been terrible on defense. They're more around about 75th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But this Georgia team, they have really put on the clamps. They're a number 30 ranked defense in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They do an exceptional job of being able to cut off the arc now with this Kentucky team. What I do like about them is that Antonio Reeves, when he's off the ball, 
He's able to shoot it well from three-point range. 12 points per contest. Comes over from Illinois State. Shooting about 40% from three-point range. Kaysom Wallace did not have any points in that game against Tennessee. But what he did a good job of against Tennessee was making sure that the offense ran efficiently. Other guys like C.J. Frederick and company were able to get their touches. They were able to just find a way to be able to put the ball in the basket themselves. So it's a very interesting circumstance as you've got a pair of teams that they're not looking to play super-duper slow. They're not looking to play super-duper fast. In terms of possessions per game for Georgia, they're right around 184th. And it is a Kentucky team that, in terms of total possessions per game, they're right around 216th. So I do think that you're going to be able to get a little bit of scoring in this game. And bookmakers are thinking that this is a game that's going to be just out of reach for some late-game falling. I think that you're right in that zone. I set my number at 9, so being able to get double figures on Georgia... I'm going to be willing to take the points. I did make my total 139. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to get a little bit of scoring going. And this is a Georgia team that has been able to exceed 70 points and now five out of their last eight games. So I think that they're going to be able to do a solid job. And with Kentucky, you have to fear a little bit of a look-ahead spot. Perhaps they're taking this Georgia team lightly because they're coming off of that massive win that pretty much saved their season against Tennessee. So a little bit of a tricky spot in my opinion. When it comes to Kentucky. So a circumstance where I'm going to be willing to take double figures here with Georgia. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. And we're going to be continuing the college basketball chatter up next as Daniel Avari. She does great work over here at VSIN. For those of you that are a little bit of a fan of UCLA as well. She does a great job in terms of their work within the arena slash stadium for both the football and the basketball team. We're going to be looking at some college basketball with her next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. That way, you're able to see the changes in the action, find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets, and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that vsin is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and it is great to be joined by Danielle Alvari. She does amazing work here at the network. She does some great work for the UCLA Bruins as well, and Danielle, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. I've been really enjoying the UCLA under so far this season. I think they have like seven straight at this point. Yes, they do, and what I did not enjoy was having Colorado getting... And I'm not even kidding here. I had 13 points in that game. And somehow, someway, UCLA was down nine with, I think it was either 12 or 10 minutes left. And and we didn't get there with Colorado. That was was rough. It makes you feel better. I had the full game. I had the under. And I almost, I almost bet the first half. And I'm really glad I didn't because you could see that UCLA was behind a lot at the half. So a blessing in disguise. But UCLA definitely more of a second half team than a first half team. So good mental note. Except when they play against USC. That was the complete yeah, opposite. That, can I say that line was kind of crazy, right? Almost double digits. I know that UCLA is clearly the better team here, but it was a rivalry game. It was so crazy to me you were getting double digits in that one. Yeah, that was one of my DK Nation write-ups from about two weeks ago or so. And when they were down 18, I'm just there like, oh, I'm such a schmuck. I should not have fallen for the USC trap. And then they very nearly <laughs> win the game outright. So, yeah. We have been seeing a lot of that in college basketball this year where you get a lot of runs and every half point is important. And Baylor versus Texas Tech may or may not be an example of this. With Texas Tech, they open up a one and a half point favorite. Now we're seeing mostly two and a half. I'm seeing a three out there as well. And I think the biggest reason why we're seeing this line move is because Fardos mm-hmm. Amick made his season debut for Texas Tech. Maybe that wasn't taken into account 
initially, and now a lot of betters are banking on him being able to have a big game in this one. How do you view this one? Because I do think that for Baylor, they've got the better backcourt, but for Texas Tech, I think that they are stronger down low. Yeah, I could agree with that, but I think unfortunately Baylor's offense has just been incredibly elite, and I think that's going to overpower this Red Raiders team, despite how solid their defense is. I mean, the Bears, a uh, little rocky start. Both teams really rocky starts. Two and three in conference for the Baylor Bears after dropping to Iowa State, TCU, and Kansas State, but did just beat Oklahoma State in a pretty low-scoring game for them, but still put up 74 points. Meanwhile, Texas Tech, as we know, just lost to Texas 72-70, to which makes it a five-game losing streak for them. You have to understand that they must be itching to get one of these wins in conference play here and for that reason I think we're going to see an over especially with Baylor's elite offensive production not really sure uh, what we'll get necessarily from Texas Tech but what you can say is they have at least been putting up points in these losses and Baylor's defense hasn't been great especially against effective field goal percentage um, the over is four and one in Baylor's last five games and nine two and one in Texas Tech's last 12 and that's probably due to the fact that you're expecting better defense out of these Texas Tech teams and instead we're getting these five losses to start the year off so something's not quite gelling. Like you said, maybe this addition is going to make a difference for them on the offensive side. And for that reason, over 144 and a half. And I also like Baylor getting two and a half here. Yep. And this is a number that we've seen come down in terms of that total as well. So getting a nice mm -hmm. discount down from 146 half to 144 and a half. So you're getting a little bit of a haircut there. And when it comes to Kansas versus Kansas State, this, in my opinion, is going to be a really good matchup. The old Octagon of Doom, which is my favorite name, one of my favorite names for any venue that you're going to find in really any sport. As we got like a WWE name. It does sound like that. <laughs> it sounds more like MMA because you've got the Octagon and MMA. That's so true. you've got Octagon of Doom. So I do like that. Maybe they'll need to rename the uh, place out here in lovely Las Vegas. I forget what it's called, but they need to rename it the Octagon of Doom West Coast or something like that because I do think that that would be very, very fitting, and we shall see if it's going to be doomful for Kansas or not, as they've yes. been able to escape a lot recently. They are a two to a two and a half point favor with a total of 147 half, and such an intriguing spot. A pair of teams that rank between 30th and 40th in terms of defensive efficiency, merely the amount of points that you allow on a per possession basis, and with Kansas, they've been able to get the job done, but we've already seen them play multiple two-point games here in conference. I honestly think that the best thing to do is to gauge line movement. I would not be surprised if the money comes in on Kansas and you're able to find a few more two and a half, maybe even a three, and I'm personally going to be looking to take the points, but not necessarily the money line here with Kansas State because I see this being a one-possession game. Yeah, and we've seen those one-possession games, to your point, with Kansas recently just beat that good Iowa State team, but only by two on Saturday. Uh, Kansas State, highly motivated coming off of their first Big 12 loss to TCU. It was kind of not even a questionable loss at any point for them. Um, and they love to play up-tempo. They like to score in transition. Kansas is going to have no trouble trying to keep up with that, of course. Um, I think you're right. We should see those uh, we could see a close game here, and Kansas State could keep it close, especially because it's at home, going to be a hostile environment, to your point. Um, but they have those big wins, people forget, over Baylor and Texas. Uh, those were overtime wins, too. So these are two teams that keep it close down to the wire. And maybe, again, Kansas State normalizing, kind of coming back down to earth. But nevertheless, I still like them getting points here at home. And to your point, again, I love that two and a half or three angle because I was looking and thinking two is just a little too tight of a line for me here. If I could get two and a half or three, I'd be a lot happier with that. Absolutely. I do think that. This is one of those cases where you're not betting teams. You are betting numbers. And 
trying to be able to get the most of the numbers, utilizing multiple outlets to be able to get money down on this game. I think that that is going to be very, very important. And it's very important to take a look at the NBA as well. Danielle, I know that you do a great job gauging pretty much everything out there on the West Coast. And this is a very fascinating Clippers team that's going to be going up against the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot of places do not have a number up just because you've got injury concerns and Load management in general, it makes it very difficult to take a look at some of these NBA games overnight. But that said, what are you taking a look at currently in terms of the Clippers and Philadelphia 76ers game with this line being in a lot of places, the Philadelphia 76ers a point favorite? Yes, and again, at the Clippers, this is going to be the third straight road game for the 76ers, and the Clippers have been notorious for their unders lately, uh, not when they played the 76ers last time. We saw an exciting game in that one. The Clippers blew a 20-point lead in that game and lost 119-114. to 114. Kawhi and Paul George both played in that game, and Paul George was upgraded to questionable for this game. He did play fully in practice on Monday, and in that game that they lost, they both had over 20 points, but it just seems like there's something about this Clippers team that's just not clicking and no surprise when there's no consistency Kawhi's in one night Paul George is out another night it's a mess right so uh, Joel Embiid got 44 points in that game they got absolutely destroyed in the paint the Sixers scored 58 in the paint the Clippers only had 28 so they need to shore that up I don't know if this is going to be the game to do it again not enough consistency not enough time together and do we even know if Paul George is going to be in or out so you saying we're not really seeing lines anywhere I know DraftKings has that one up and available and I like that with the Sixers because I don't know. You're right. It could move if Paul George is deemed yes, definitely he's going to go. And then all of a sudden we're seeing the Clippers favored here. Uh, they're definitely more of an outside threat, I would say, than, like I said, getting dominated on the inside. But they have had those four straight unders. Their offense has not been up to par at all, even with Kawhi in. He gets his points, but the team overall doesn't score a lot. Um, the Clippers also seven of their last 10 have gone under both one day rest for these teams. And again, the Sixers third straight road game for them. They just beat the Lakers by one in kind of a tough contest and they've only covered four of their last 10, uh, haven't covered in three straight. This could be the get right spot for them. I like the 76ers here. I don't think that, uh, the Clippers are going to be able to make up for that really bad loss a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I'll look to the under as well and maybe some rebound props again, because that paint area is all up for grabs. Oh, that is such a good point that you bring up with being able to get those rebound props. And Danielle, just in terms of this network as a whole, we always talk about being able to get good closing line value when it comes to all your bets. And I do think that that's very important. But if there is one sport right now that I take a look at mm -hmm. things and you might want to trade in a point of value just to know who's going or not, it's probably the NBA. I'm not sure if you've been able to place a lot of NBA bets overnight, but this has just been a sport that it's hard for me to even preview on this show just because with so much load management, you don't know who's going until like an hour or two before the game. And unless if you got like good information, it's really hard to know exactly what you're getting out of these teams if you're trying to bet it overnight. Yeah, I actually love that about the NBA because the NFL, to your point, you have to get that closing line value. You're going to miss the good numbers. And with the NBA, you can just be on it and you could still get a good number because it all comes down to the last minute. And really being out here in L.A., the Lakers and the Clippers talk about load management over here. We have like the oldest team ever with the Lakers <laughs> and then the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi, are they in, are they out? So really have to be on top of that stuff. So I think it's actually beneficial to people who uh, can't bet ahead of time. Yep, and with the L.A. Lakers, it's just been 
Regardless, just fade them and you've been able to make some good money thus far this year. Unless if Anthony Davis is going off for like 40 points a night and someone that always goes off for like 40 points every time she joins this show. That'd be you, Danielle. I always do appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Always great to have Danielle Avari aboard. She does amazing work over here at VEASAN. And coming next, another person that does amazing work here at VEASAN, that'd be Jason Weingarten. He's going to be joining me to take a look at some NFL and some features here on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bay Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Watch football with a little bit more on the line by playing for free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set your lineup. Watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness made a more terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hopefully, we'll be joined momentarily by Jason Weingarten, who does great work over here at the network. In the meantime, I know that we're going to be talking with him about some futures and just taking a look at the futures board right now in the NFL. It is very fascinating because you've got two obvious teams that are outliers in terms of this futures market with the Giants currently at DraftKings 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl and the Jacksonville Jaguars at 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And for those of you guys that already have a future in, perhaps on like the Cincinnati Bengals, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, you're able to go down the line at a better number. You can either hedge off of it, which I always get the question of hedging, especially when it comes to college basketball. And if you oh ask like 20 different people about hedging, you're probably going to get 20 different answers because there's really no correct slash wrong way of doing it. There are some people that say hedging's for gardeners. There are other people that say, oh, you absolutely have to edge. You have to lock in a profit. There are some people that they think you have to make sure that you break at least even and you leave yourself with quite a bit of upside. There are some that make sure that if you're like playing these futures for, we're going to throw out there $100, for example, just throwing out there an arbitrary number that you lock in a nice steak dinner that you and your significant other are able to go out for what have you. If you're a hardworking person that you're able to maybe put away a little bit of money if you're in college for textbooks, whatever it is. But you get just so many different answers. So I would say that if you currently have a future out on the 49ers, the Eagles, what have you, just when it comes to your personal way to be able to hedge, just make sure that you do what's comfortable for you. If you're someone that you're put away, you're feeling very good about things, you know what? You Maybe you don't need to hedge. Maybe if you could really use that money, you might want to hedge a little bit more. It's all just based on the situation itself. There's no correct way to hedge. There's no incorrect way to hedge. In my opinion, the biggest thing is just gauging the situation. I know that there might be some of you that disagree with me that there's no incorrect way to hedge, but... Whatever you feel good about and whatever your risk tolerance risk tolerance is as well. Because there are some that are very, very willing to tolerate risk. There are others not so much. So I do think that that's interesting to take a look at. And I do think that just in terms of the futures market as well, if you have yet to dive in, taking a look at 
just the price that you're able to get right now in terms of these futures versus what you get with a money line rollover is interesting as well. And with a money line rollover, it's very, very simple. Let's say that you like the Kansas City Chiefs to be able to win the Super Bowl. They're the top team on the board at plus 310. What you'd simply do with the Kansas City Chiefs is you see their game that they're going to be playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently, their money line is minus 425 at DraftKings. You might be able to find a little bit of better number throughout the week. You might be able to find a little bit of a worse number throughout the week, but you just place the one unit that you'd be placing on the Kansas City Chiefs plus 310. You'd instead put it on the money line of this game, and you just roll it over and roll it over until either it wins or you lose it. But with that said, with the money line rollover, it does give you a few more options. There are some times where you're going to get a better payout. There are some times you're going to get a little bit of a worse payout. But the one thing that I always like with money line rollovers, and it's a reason why I'd rather go with this approach in a lot of cases. There are some times where they make you an offer that you can't refuse on the futures board, and you know that with the rollover, you're just not going to be able to get that sort of value. But the one thing that you get with a rollover, actually you get two things with a rollover. For one, you're able to shop the line. With the rollover, obviously you're able to do this with a future, but you place one bet and you're done. That is it. You aren't able to really shop the number. Meanwhile, with a money line rollover, I mentioned the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs currently at DraftKings are minus 425 on this money line, but you just take a look at what we're getting right now across these books. And right now, like at the South Point, I'm seeing minus 400 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Other places, I'm finding a minus 420. I'm seeing as high as a minus 440. And you're able to shop this number every single time on all these bets. So you're able to maximize value a little bit more in that way for one. And you're able to gauge it all throughout the week. And you're able to really extract a little bit of something in that way. But really, the biggest thing that you get with a money line rollover, you don't have to roll it over. Let's say that... The Kansas City Chiefs, they get the job done against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but between the time that the the Kansas City Chiefs win that game against the Jags and the time that they're supposed to play their next game, Patrick Mahomes decides to go to Six Flags, goes on the roller coaster, and breaks every single bone in his body. Guess what? You don't have to be locked in to the Kansas City Chiefs. You can respectfully walk away from the table from your winnings. You can... Decide, you know what? I'm going to put this in the bank. I don't want to bet it anymore. Many of us schmucks are probably going to be like, you know what? There's 25 college basketball games. They're going to be going down in a few days. I'm going to bet on those. You're able to go down the list. You're able to do whatever in the heck you want to do with that money. You do not need to continue to be dove in, and you have a little bit of added protection. That, I think, is very important, and sometimes you get a better payout as well. Now, with a money line rollover, what you do want is for Chalk to continue to win out because the money line is going to be tighter for the Kansas City Chiefs if they play against, oh, say, the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. If they play against the New York Giants, they're going to be a heavier favorite. That means less value in terms of your money line rollover. So if you're taking a look at a normal future, you probably want a little bit more chaos. Like the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 310, if they turn out to play the Jacksonville Jaguars and they play from there. I would say that they would probably be a little bit more of a favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, but I don't think that you're going to be getting too much of a differential. Both of these teams are relatively solid. I think that both of these teams are going to be within about point and a half, two points. 
That's what's being shown through with the Buffalo Bills being about a four and a half to a five point favorite in this line. So you're not going to gain slash lose a ton of value based on this matchup, but certainly in the Super Bowl, you're really rolling the dice because I just mentioned it. the New York Giants. They are currently towards the bottom of the odds board, right around 25 to one. If the uh, Chiefs they play against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, good value. If you're taking a look at the money line rollover against the Giants, bad value because they're going to be a significantly bigger favorite. So there is a lot of things to be able to gauge with this. And I do think that it also just leads into whether or not you want to be able to break it up a little bit as well. Because something that David Baker joins me on this show every Sunday, recapping all that we see in the NFL, something that he pointed out is that this year in particular, you've got more of these strong teams in the AFC rather than the NFC. Because if you get in, I would say, any of those big three teams, maybe there's going to be a little bit of a pushback slash disagreement with this, but I feel like if you get one of these three, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, they should be a favorite against any of those NFC teams. And typically, when it comes to odds to win the conference as opposed to odds to win the Super Bowl, you pretty much get double your value in terms of to win the Super Bowl as opposed to win the conference. So you throw out there the number of like four to one to win the Super Bowl. I'm just spitballing a number here. Typically, their odds to win the conference, it should be two to one. Like right now, in terms of odds to be able to win the AFC, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs at a plus 140, plus 165 on the Bills, plus $4 on the Bengals, and plus 1400 on the Jags. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Super Bowl futures, you're actually getting a little bit of a juicier number on the Chiefs. If you only take to win the conference, you're only getting about a plus 140. Meanwhile, if you take to win the Super Bowl, a plus 310, that's indicating that they're thinking that the Chiefs might be a little bit of an underdog in the Super Bowl, and I think that that's really good value. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Eagles, they're pretty much saying that as well. The Eagles are plus 155 to be able to win the league. Meanwhile, in terms of to win the Super Bowl, that is a plus 550. And you're seeing that with a lot of these NFC teams as well. So that is also something that you do want to be gauging. I personally do think that there is quite a bit of value right now in terms of this Kansas City Chiefs team just because they have sort of been there, done that. But I'd be probably looking at a little bit more of a rollover because you're, at the very minimum, going to be able to get a very good matchup between the Bills or the Bengals. I don't think that you're losing out on too much value, regardless of either team that would be able to make it there. And then in the Super Bowl, you're pretty much banking on the New York Giants not being able to win two games. And I think that that's a pretty safe approach to take because I do think that this is a Giants team that they're certainly ascending. And someone whose bank account is going to be getting much, much, much bigger in... The next few months is Daniel Jones. I am starting to gain a lot more respect for him considering he's pretty much got four bags of gravel that he's throwing to. And somehow, some way, it's been working out. Brian Dable has really coached him up quite well. But I do think that that is a way to be able to take a look at this futures market and another market that we've got to be taking a look at, college basketball. We've got a nice nice slate of games for Tuesday, and we're going to break it down more of them next here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. The football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance and then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with our first touchdown insurance throughout the playoffs. Log into BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network and We've got ourselves a lot of great NFL action that we're going to be able to dive into for this weekend. We're going to be diving in a little bit later on with Tanner Kern. He does great work over with the Fade the Public podcast, and I believe that he's now with the good folks over at DraftKings as well. So 
We're going to be talking about that in about 30 or so minutes. So we're going to be doing a little bit more of a deep dive there, but we've also got a nice slate of college basketball that's going to be coming up for this Tuesday as we've got about 30 games. As a matter of fact, we've got approximately 30 games, and we've got a lot of big-time conferences. There's going to be none of the Southland. There's going to be none of the Big South, the MEAC, the SWAC, or anything like that. We've got power conference teams that are going to be going mano a mano. We talked a little bit about the Big 12. There's one game from the Big 12 that I have yet to break down. So how about if we do that right now? Iowa State and Texas. This is going to be a rock solid game in my opinion. This is on the betting board 639, 640 with Iowa State. A two and a half point favorite. Total on this game is 131 and a half. And this is another spot where I set a very tight line. I do have Iowa State as a two point favorite. So now being able to get two and a half. That is going to be my buy point on Texas. Now, I personally have yet to fire in on Texas. I'm going to see where the slide marinates in the AM because I have a feeling that there might be a lot of money that comes in on Texas, but this continues to be where it is. I think that you've got a little bit of value on Texas. Meanwhile, what I'm really hoping for is that this dips down to like a one and then I'm able to get Iowa State pretty much just being able to win the game and I don't have to worry about the point spread or anything like that because these big 12 games, it's a very very rare that you see a differential of north of eight points in these games. So it makes these tight points, point spreads all the more important, which is why I'm finding myself taking two and a half, three, two points, just because these are games in which all these teams are really, really stinking good. Now, Iowa State, this has been one of the best coaching jobs in all of college basketball, what we've seen from TJ Otzelberger. To put this into perspective, Iowa State, two years ago, they won two basketball games. And those two basketball games, they weren't against Big 12. They weren't even against, like, the Rising League, what have you. They were against SWAC teams. Those were the only two games that they won. They won two games in the NCAA tournament last year. And now they're even better this year, despite the fact that they lost a lot of the main fulcrum of that, game, of that team. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing what we have seen out of this Iowa State team. And... They're doing it on the defensive side of things. Number four in the country is Iowa State in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And number one in points allowed on a per-possession basis on their home floor as well. I mean, I'm I'm getting all flemmy just talking about it. I mean, this is an Iowa State team that they do an amazing job with their defense because they turn you over. They're a top 10 team in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis. And they're just so well-rounded. Oshun Oshuni doesn't put up big numbers. He only gives the team right around nine points, four rebounds. He doesn't do a lot that is showing up on the stat sheet that makes you say, wow, this guy is incredible. But if you take a look at more of the advanced numbers, he has been so valuable for the team because he also came over from St. Bonaventure with their main point guard and Jaron Holmes. He's been able to do a good job chipping in their 13 points, three assists, shoots relatively solid from three-point range, and Iowa State now getting quite a bit more in terms of their three-point shooting from a pair of gentlemen, Caleb Grill, Gabe Kelsher. They're able to combine for 23 points per contest, both of these guys shooting between 35 and 38% from three-point range. Good on-ball defenders. Now, the uh, Iowa State Cyclones, they have one of their toughest tests of the year. They have to go up against Marcus Carr. Marcus Carr, first year in Texas, it was... Not great to say the least, but now he's been able to pick it up. 17.5 points, 4.5 assists. He is the main scorer for the team, shooting about 41% from three-point range 
and he has been on one recently as he's been able to give the team double figures in pretty much every one of their last seven games. I don't think that he's fallen below nine points at all this season. Had that big 41-point performance prior to conference play against Texas A&M Commerce. I recognize that it is Texas A&M Commerce, but a sizzling 10 of 15 from three-point range in that game. And for Texas, they do a great job of having really some nice pieces around them. As from there, you've got Timmy Allen, Sir Jabari Rice, Tyrese Hunter, all giving you 10 to 11 points per game. Allen's able to chip in their five and a half rebounds. Relatively good defender. And all three of these guys give you between 2.5 and 3.7 assists per game. Texas has really built themselves with a bunch of guys that they're sort of Swiss Army knife guys. And for Texas, this is another top 30 team in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. But what I think is fascinating is I pointed out Iowa State, number one team in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis on their home floor. Texas has been giving up fewer points per possession on the road rather than at home. They're a top 10 team in the country and points a lot on a per possession basis in a road and neutral court environment. Iowa State, a mid-tempo team. Texas, they've cranked it up. They're in the top 80 in terms of possessions per game, but I do think that both of these defenses are going to be stall are going to be stonewalling one another. Semi-total at 131. Here at 131 and a half, I'm diving under. And with Iowa State, Clay make them a two-point favorite. I think that this is going to be a very much a nip-and-tuck game. Neither of these teams necessarily dominant on the glass. And Texas, they do a good job of rebounding by committee. You've got a Iowa State team that they do a great job of forcing turnovers by committee. I'm going to be willing to take north of two with Texas. This falls below two. That is my buy point on Iowa State. I'll be letting this marinate in the AM. But that said, with current numbers, looking at the two and a half with Texas, and going to be taking a look at the total under. How about if we head out to my neck of the woods? I am out here in lovely Las Vegas, and you've got the UNLV running Rebels who are going to be hitting the road facing off against Utah State. Utah State, anywhere between a 5.5 to a 6-point favorite, depending upon where you shop, and your total is anywhere between 147.5 and 148, and 6 is going to be my buy point on UNLV. I set this line at 5.5, and, and I do think that it's interesting to take a look at this total because UNLV, about three weeks ago, they were a top 30 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Their defense has begun to fail them because they're getting a little bit too fast for their own good. UNLV, they are now right around 60th in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. They haven't given up at least 75 points in each of their last five games. Now, that comes with a little bit of an asterisk. The game that they played against San Jose State where they gave up approximately 75, game went to overtime. So they allowed far fewer than that in actual regulation. But now they go up against the Utah State team that Ranks number one in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. And both of these teams, they're not shy of playing at a brisk pace. They're not playing at a breakneck pace, but UNLV 65th in the country. In terms of total possessions per game, Utah State, they're number 85. They've got Steve Ashford. He, he shoots 51.5% from three-point range. Main score was 17.5 points per game. Max Scholga helps throw out the ball. 12 points. Shoots 40% from three. He's able to give you four assists per game. And then... They've got the Funk. By that, I mean Taylor Funk. He's been able to give this team 15 points per contest. Chips in there right around six boards. Shoots well from three. And they're going up against a team in UNLV that they've got a lot of guys that they just stuffed the sad sheet. Deshaun Gilbert has been the top three-point shooter for this team, making over 40% of his triple tries. He's been able to give this team right around 15 points per game. But take a look at EJ Harkless, and he has been very good for this team as he's been able to chip in their 17 points. Right around five boards, three plus assists. Pass that. 
You've got someone in Luis Rodriguez who's able to give you five-plus rebounds. Does a nice job of being able to chip in there a few assists. Double-figure amount of points. So this UNLV does a very solid job with that regarding the UNLV. They're currently a team that has lost four out of their last five games. But that game against Colorado State, very, very bad luck. Game goes to overtime on a nearly half-court heave. They hang in there against a team like San Diego State, who I still think it's a case of which in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And San Diego State has been the champion in this conference time and time again. And in that time span, they went on the road, they went to the pit, they knocked off New Mexico as well. This entire conference is really, really good in the Mountain West. I do think that there is value in this conference as well. Of taking a look at most of these underdogs. Wyoming has become a little bit of a dead dog with Gary EK on the fold. It's caused for a little bit of frustration there, though. I'll probably be taking a look at them getting points against Air Force in that ordeal as well for Tuesday. But that said, at six or more, it is my buy point on UNLV. I expect some late game felling. Both of these teams playing a little bit more up tempo. Set my total at 148 and a half. So also looking at the over and we're looking at the VEASAN Pro tip for our number two, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. For all these, you're able to sort them by show and by sport, and it is all about how to play the futures market right now in the NFL. If you think that there's going to be a lot of upsets happening this week in the NFL, you probably want to dive in on that set futures price. If you think that chalk will prevail, a money line rollover is probably calling your name, and calling your name next is a little bit more college basketball. We take a look at what we're getting in the ACC on Tuesday here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.